On January 18th, 1955, behind a set of closed doors, a highly secretive meeting is convened by the Division of Biology and Medicine, an advisory board under the umbrella of the AEC. The main topic of discussion? A secret body snatching program carried out on members of the US population with a particular focus on babies and young children. Orange has material. This supply, however, has now been cut off also and shows no signs, I think, of being rejuvenated. So human samples are of prime importance, and if anyone knows how to do a good job of body snatching, they will really be serving their country. We have all the channels in these places where we are getting everything. We have three or four other leads where we could get a complete age range samples from different other geographic localities. These are Vancouver, Houston, New York. We could easily get them from Puerto Rico and other places we could get virtually everyone that dies in this range. Are these operative materials? These are all deaths between 1 and 30. That is wonderful. I don't think that in other areas where one wants human material collected, you have ever been successful unless you've had someone locally responsible who got paid by the sample. Over the years in the Rockefeller Foundation in the yellow fever studies, we got tens of thousands of liver specimens all through Latin America by that scheme. I don't know how to snatch bodies. In the original study on the Sunshine brand in the summer of 1953, we hired an expensive law firm to look up a law of body snatching. This compendium is available to you. It is not very encouraging. It shows how very difficult it is going to be to do legally. At least the existence of the project, I hope we will get away with revealing. Whether this is going to help with the body snatching program, I don't know. I think it will. It is a delicate program in public relations, obviously. I don't know. This is a major objective. Welcome, everybody, to NWCZRadio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. My name is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And it's good to have everybody back in the fold once again. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I do, we got a new bed this morning that we ordered in June. It only took eight months to get here. It was kind of like Christmas because we had no idea what it looked like until I got here. We forgot. Because <laughs> it was been so long. <laughs> Well, excellent. It, it is, it's nice, but I like it. So now you have a comfortable place to sleep. Well, we had one, but it, it was the same bed that we like bed frame and everything that we've had since we got married in night or in twenty, what two thousand one. Right. So we've had it a while. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. time for a new frame. Uh, well, I want to remind everybody that uh, you can email us at downtherh at protonmail dot com. Downtherh at protonmail dot com. And also thank our friends over there at Fringe Radio Network. Thanks to them for carrying us. They do a great job with that. Now, we, we got a review the other day. And we, and we know this, is, this has been a theme from, I don't know, a, a handful of people. It's not a lot of people, but a few people who talk about we have the sound issues or their sound issues with this program. And so we thought we would address that at the top of the show because it's well, it's important to us that you can hear the show, but we also want to walk you through the process of how this how this show works and and maybe why there's trouble. Yeah, definitely. Because there's been a couple of them that like they they had a problem and then ended up we'd get emails back and forth, we'd test it, it sounded fine to us, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, oh, I switched to a different device and it worked. So and we're not sure why that's happening sometimes on our episodes but well i do know that since we're since we're not in the same studio and we're you're basically on skype yeah so there's going to be a difference in sound level coming from your end there's and that's just the way that works but 
we go through every episode and we edit it out. And on our end, we record at the, if you know the technicalities of it, we're at between minus 12 and minus six on the, the, the vocal reader. And we're recording at the highest megabits we can. Now, we record it, we edit it, and then we drop it into a service. And they, in turn, send it out to all of the platforms, such as Apple or Spotify or Podbean and all the places it goes. So it's essentially going one, two, it's like there's three steps. So I don't yeah. know how, at what bit rate they're downloading or uploading it at. I have no clue. And so by the time it gets to the platform, all kind of things could have happened to it. And so we apologize. We, we're doing the best we can. Like I said, I go through and edit every single episode, listen to the whole thing, make sure all the levels are clean, send it out. Occasionally, you know, there are some glitches in the recording based on, I don't know, whether it's interference or whatever, and there's really not much I can do. we can do about that. But we're trying to do it the best and the cleanest that we can. Usually on our end, it sounds great. And most of the time when people have written us and said, yeah, we, ha- we can't hear it or it's too low or whatever, after a couple of back and forth with them, they figure it out. Yeah, and there are some things. I've noticed on some of the shows that I listen to um, that every once in a while there'll be an episode that's just weird, and then I'll go back to it you know, a little bit later, and it's fine. I mean, you never know. The, the technology is a pain. Um, we try and do the best we can. It's like you know, the last episode that I recorded, um, which for those that listen, um, my next midweek will be another, will be a conclusion of the Tesla episode. I'm going to add on to that because I never really got to the conspiracies. But on that one, there was a bunch of spots where I had no, a notebook next to me and I was writing notes on places that I thought there was a corruption and I would go back and check it and fix it. So we're working on it. We're, that's, I mean, basically, that's the point we want to get across is that yeah. once we record it, it goes through several layers and processes, uploads and downloads. And by the time it gets to your device, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to do. So you know, hopefully when you move down, when you move down here, we can actually build a studio and perhaps get together mm-hmm. and, and then we can, it would be more central. But in the meantime, yeah. this is, uh, this is it. So if it's really, really bugging you, we, we apologize and, uh, maybe tune out and check back in later. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's all I can really say. Yeah. We're going to do the best we can. Like I said, once I move down there, which hopefully, um, in the next year, uh, as, as long as everything goes like it's supposed to, um, yeah, and then we, we can have a studio hopefully be either at one of our houses or whatever so that we can, you know, get together. And there will be, hopefully, you know, in the next month, there might be a time when that we are together. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, so that'll be fun. Anyway, I just thought we should address that because we've heard from a few different people. It's not a lot, not a lot. Most of the feedback's been really great. It's positive. And so also, I mean, another suggestion, and this is not, I'm not knocking anybody, but check your device. You know, check check your device. You may have a crappy speaker, or maybe it's not turned up enough, or I I don't know. It's we're or doing the best. It might we can. just be, you know, because for me, I've had problems before where because I have my personal phone is an iPhone, and my work phone is an Android, and when I've had to like switch from one to the other, and all of a sudden it fixes it. Like the Android works, and the iPhone doesn't, or the iPhone doesn't. And the, yeah, it just it, sometimes it's just. For whatever reason, the device downloaded it incorrectly. It's technology's weird. So anyway, enough of that. Yeah, let's, okay. let's get into today's topic because this is a this is one of those things where it was a conspiracy for a long time, and then the truth came out, and it was conspiracy no more. And it's quite creepy on several levels. This is it be- is, and this is one of those definitely that shows up where it's. People are like, oh, you conspiracy theorist people, you're all crazy. It's like, we were right. Yes, this is one that you can notch in your belt. If, if, if anybody's ever heard of or followed Project Sunshine, oh. I mean, as, I, as a kid growing up, I heard about the government you know, snatching bodies or you know, taking bodies without permission, doing test samples on, on humans whether it be alive or dead. And, and it was always this rumor. It was always this theory. And everyone's like, oh, that's crazy. The, the government would never do that. Well, guess what? Yes, they would. They would. They have. And who knows? They could still be doing it because all this stuff shrouded in extreme secrecy 
until and yeah. it's so funny because I was not a Bill Clinton fan as a president, but a lot of this stuff because there was some bill that he signed that <laughs> unclassified all kind of stuff, and this was one that mm-hmm. came out during that time. Yeah. So and there was a bunch, and that's where we got a lot of things. Was that bill that? One thing you did. A lot of the MK Ultra stuff came out from Bill Clinton, basically. Okay. I honestly think Bill Clinton. I mean, no better way to say this was one of us and wanted to know the truth. I mean, in some ways, there was a bunch of stuff he wanted to know what really happened. He yeah. wanted to know the truth, and that was what he did to do it. I'm not going to say that he did right or wrong or anything else. Just that he wanted to know the truth. Yeah. No. Not. I'm not making a political statement on Bill Clinton. I'm just saying. Uh, and some of this was even inadvertent by Bill Clinton. Yeah. A lot, a lot of times he was like, yeah, that's great. I'll sign this. And the next thing he knows, like, whoops. Oopses. Well, let's talk about Project Sunshine. And and it's interesting. The name Project Sunshine, the reason the, the reason they chose Sunshine, a lot of people say, oh, that's because of the, the testing is the nuclear, the nuclear, you know, explosion yeah. looks giant. No. The reason they chose the term Sunshine is because – the sun shines everywhere and they wanted this project everywhere so it was uh, as the ra- as the sun rays hits the earth that's how f- widespread they wanted this project to be and it's yeah. it's actually quite frightening actually oh it is it's very frightening because that's the one thing that oh, this is one of those ones too where until you realize it's true you're like there's no way because i mean if it was just body snatching in the u.s okay little creepy whatever but this was worldwide they were doing body snatching and sending it to the u.s yeah Yeah, we'll we'll get into all of that let's start with uh, a little bit of the history of it because it really uh, a lot of this all started due to the nuclear bombs and the the nuclear program and i think everybody knows that july 16th 1945 the first nuclear weapon, codenamed Trinity, was dropped. And then shortly after, everybody knows about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. In developing these nuclear weapons, they really hadn't done a lot of testing on actually what it did to humans or the Earth or the planet. They were so concentrated yeah. on just developing the weapon itself. Oh, yeah. So when they finally unleashed these on the world, which was actually you know a horrific act... They were like, well, we should maybe figure out what this does to people and to the world. And so they started these nuclear tests. At first, they wanted just to concentrate it. And when I say nuclear tests, tests on the earth and and on people. They wanted to test people. And at first, they just wanted the people who were concentrated in the areas where they had done nuclear testing, such as like Arizona, Nevada, uh, the Marshall Islands, people in those areas. That yeah. that was the initial thought was we need to grab some people from there and we need to figure out what this is doing to their body, to their skin, to, to their whatever. Because they really had no idea. Which it seems to me kind of backwards, don't you think? A little bit. But I mean, there's a lot of things in our government and other stuff. They were more worried about how they could destroy their enemies before they realized what was going to be the cost. Yeah, what was because you know, I mean the one thing the the or what the sound bite that you played at the very beginning talking about if you could you know steal bodies you'd be a huge benefit to the the government that was what that was really Libby Libby right that's Libby yeah yeah and he is part of the Manhattan Project carbon dating I mean this guy's got a huge history in radiation and it feels like he did all this and then all of a sudden afterwards is like huh. I wonder what this is, does to people. Oh, yeah. We'll get into Libby in a moment because Libby was the – he was probably, in my opinion, the worst of the group. Complete blinders on, couldn't care less about the law, had had no compendium for human rights or anything. I mean, that guy was – you want to talk about absent-minded professor and somebody who was in his own world. That was Libby, and Libby had no moral structure at all as to – what he was doing he was yeah he was crazy we'll get to him in a moment where yeah. this really all started where project sunshine started was january 18th 1955 the u.s government had set up this group called the atomic energy commission 
and that was the big, I'll just call it the big umbrella. The AEC, the Atomic Energy Commission, handled all things atomic, nuclear, whether it be through the military, the bomb, everything, anything and everything involved. They, they were the overseers of the whole program. Well, there was a subdivision called the Division of Biology and Medicine, mm-hmm. and they got together on a, a highly secretive, they had a highly secretive meeting on January 18th, 1955. And this is where Project Sunshine got its legs. They had been talking about it. There had been, the scientists had sort of been talking to each other about how we're going to get do this. Well, we need bodies and we need tissue and we need all these things, but how are we going to get them? But it wasn't until this meeting that they really put it into plan, let's just say. That, that's where they drew up this nefarious scheme of yeah. literally body snatching. Yeah. And it literally was. And I mean, it's one of those things like a lot of, but, the, but this is the problem. Like when I first started listening to it, what I kept thinking of body snatching, I kept thinking of like digging up a grave body snatching. And that isn't what we're talking about. No, I also thought they were going around and maybe yanking up homeless people or drug addicts who, you know, like the MK ultra project where they were just grabbing people who had, no, no family, no future, no past, no nothing, and they were just disappearing them. But that's not what this was yeah. either. The thing that's really disturbing on this, in my opinion, is that they really went after young children and and babies. Yeah. To me, that's where it doesn't make sense. Now, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist or any of that. But if you're testing samples of people who who were around where the nuclear test went off. Wouldn't you like put out a notice like, Hey, help your government come in. You know, we're going to do some experiments. We may need to take some tissue. No, they didn't do that. They just decided, you know, we're, we're just going to go steal people. And sometimes not even the full person, just the parts. Yeah. Because initially they just, they said, Oh, we just need some tissue samples. And they, at first they did talk about getting, tissue sample from the living but then they really went swung all the way to the other side and said no we just need dead we need stuff from dead people and this secret meeting and this secret program project sunshine stayed completely secret and locked away for like four decades so people who knew about it all the documents because it's all documented there's photos there's there's transcripts of their meetings all that stuff you heard coming in those are all direct quotes from transcripts from these meetings this is it was those people and the first one was this guy named dr john buer did you read about dr john buer i didn't see john buer i never got him so dr john he was sort of the mm, i guess i would say he's the the project manager he was the head project manager guy he was the director he was the director of the division of biology and medicine he's the one who everything got okayed through him he didn't necessarily come up with the ideas that's more on culp that's lawrence culp dr lawrence culp and also willard libby those are the other two guys who are at the top involved in this so you had buer culp and Libby and Buer was the one who was way more, he was kind of hands off, but he signed off on everything. He, he knew what was going on, but he was pretty much okay. just, he was pretty much just, you know, paper would hit his desk. He would sign it off and say, yeah. And he did know he was a part of the, the sunshine initial meeting the set this whole thing up, but it was really Will, Willard Libby who was, I'll just say the the brains behind the whole thing. Yeah, it seems like he was the one. That's why I think I kind of focused on him. As I, I may have seen the other names, but it just seemed like they were kind of like, you know, that manager that just, you know, stamps the, yeah, sure, whatever, approved. You know, but Libby was the one down in the trenches like, hey, yeah, let's do this. This will be great. Go steal me some baby's bodies. Every article, everything I could dig up, all of them said that Willard Libby was the primary proponent of Project Sunshine. It was like his, for lack of better terms, his baby. <laughs> yeah. He was the one who was trying to explain to everybody, 
the whole value of body snatching and he was the one who was worried he knew it was illegal and so he hired a bunch of lawyers to figure out how they could get around the legalities of it how to do it how to keep it quiet all these things a lot of you are probably listening go well what did they steal like what were they snatching so they weren't just yanking people off the street but what they were doing is they had set up these channels of communication with hospitals, mortuaries, pathologists, primarily in Houston. I think it was Vancouver. And, yeah, Vancouver was a big one. And it was at Chicago, I believe, was another one. But Houston was a big one. There were a lack of laws in Houston for, like, let's say a baby died. Instead of having like an open casket or, or anything, they would basically ship the baby to these creatures in the Project Sunshine for them to do tests on. And then whoever was having a funeral, they would just be basically bearing a box, but the family did not know that. Yeah. He said at one point, this is Libby, he said, by far the most important in human samples, we've been reduced to essentially zero level on the human samples. I don't know how to get them, but I do say that it's a matter of prime importance to get them, and particularly in the young age group. So he was, all, for whatever reason, he was all about getting these these young kids or stillborns. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I know with like the stillborns stuff like that. It was I was reading one of them, and they tried to explain it with basically they were trying to see. The, the chem or the the isotopes in the air if they could be transferred into the fetus or the baby through the mother and that's why they really wanted the the, the babies or like stillborn babies and stuff like that because that would tell them if they, they they had that isotope if that was transferred through to them through the mother does it really matter what they were doing with these no it's still weird yeah. i mean yeah, they were testing out all, all kind of enzymes and their livers and mm -hmm. all, all kind of different things. It was discovered that about 9,000 body tissues were examined in the laboratories and about 6,000 corpses from different bones. Collection centers were shipped to the U.S. under this secretive conditions. And then I read somewhere else that I think total there were like 1,500 full bodies. Yeah, I kept seeing 1,500 full bodies, but then the thing that I think honestly bothered me the most was that out of those 1,500, they only used like 800 of them. So initially yeah. they did set this up primarily in the U.S., but they, they had definite intentions to make this worldwide. And they, and they did, they grabbed a bunch from Canada. I think they brought some in from the U.K. Yes, the U.K. and Australia. Australia was another big one. A lot of stuff I read said there was a lot of evidence that Australia was shipping them over too. And the sad thing is, is that all these kids, well, none of the parents knew, none of the families yeah. knew. And the, like I said, the, the funeral home directors, doctors, they were all getting paid off and they all knew they were. They, so at the very, they, I don't think a lot of them knew exactly what was happening to these kids, you know, to these, these corpses or what they were testing. I, I think a lot of that was kept from them, but they did know they were complicit, at least in the fact that they were getting paid under the table and they were lying to families and they were shipping these babies off. Yes. Some of them I think did know. And so they were actually just as guilty because they're, they're involved. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I found was really disturbing was this Lawrence Culp guy. He's the one who had worked with the Rockefeller Foundation when they were stealing livers out of Latin America for, I think it was like 9,000 livers from dead and living people that the Rockefeller government went in there. I mean, not government, the Rockefeller Foundation went in there yeah. and paid off people, paid doctors there was some lip there they were studying the livers for some something completely different but he worked with them on that and so he saw how they did it he was the one who was all about building these friendly he called them friendly bridges or friendly ties 
with the funeral homes, morticians, politicians. There was money flying everywhere. This is taxpayer dollars. Money flying everywhere. And here's the thing. I'm just curious what else they did with these babies or the in these young bodies that they got. Because if there's only on record that they did so much research on what happened to the rest of it? What else was going on? What other research were they doing on this stuff? I don't, I don't know if we'll ever know that. And we may not because it's one of those things, um, you know, we know what they did do when it finally got, you know, exposed. But what were the, what else were they doing that we don't know about? Cause it was never exposed. Maybe that was hidden better. We, yeah. we don't know. I don't know. I did see in this one article, they were talking about project sunshine in the end, once once it all came out, everyone had to go, yep, uh, Australia, parts of Europe, England, we were all involved. It says here, the Australian government, for instance, is, quote, looking at their own records. Elizabeth Taylor, not the actress, <laughs> spokeswoman for the AK or the UK Atomic Energy Authority, admitted in 2006 the British government did indeed work with the U.S. to traffic babies. It wasn't until until 2011, though, that this formerly top-secret information was, was released to the public. The sterility of the babies says it all, such as baby B-1102, an eight-month-old eight month boy, and baby B-595, a 13-month-old girl. So they were just basically stamped with a number. And that bugs me. That, that's another part of this that bugs me. It's Because like, it, it, when you take them and you take a name out of it and just stamp a number. Now they don't, and it sounds bad to say this. Now they don't, it doesn't mean anything. It, it takes the, the, the emotion out of it. Cause now I'm just talking about a number and I'm not talking about a person. No. And what I don't understand too is why? Cause like now if you, when you go to whatever the DMV and you get your driver's license and you can choose to donate your heart or be an, be an organ donor, right? Like if you're a, if you die, yeah. you're in a car wreck or whatever, and you can choose. Why didn't they just have this back? Why didn't they just ask these people? It and that's what bugs me about it, like you too. It's like okay, um, yeah. Why didn't they? I mean, we have that. Like on mine, I have on my. You know, I have. I'm an organ donor, and it's like okay, cool. You know, so if I die, then I've given them said okay, you can do this. But on that one, on these. Yeah, why didn't they just ask? I mean, I guess it would be tough to be like, hey, I know your child just died, but can we use their pieces to, to test this stuff? But if said in the right way, I mean, you're, you're using, you know, especially during that time, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of pride in being in the U.S. and all that kind of stuff where they these people probably would have been like, you know, I do want to help my fellow, you know, Americans and I do want to do that. Let's do it. Play the numbers, right? Some would have said yes, probably some, some would have said no. But they didn't care. Like, for instance, here's this was a story I thought this was. This kind of explains from a parent's point of view how this went down. Uh, this is this mother, Jean Pritchard. Jean's daughter. Oh, this one's so bad. Yeah, she was stillborn in 1957, and she wanted to dress her daughter for her funeral. The, the doctors, however, denied her request because they had already cut off Jean's, the daughter's legs as part of Project Sunshine. And they didn't want the mom to find out. And then, quote, th this is Jean saying, she said, I asked if I could put her christening robe on, but I wasn't allowed to. And that upset me terribly because she wasn't christened. No one asked me about doing anything like that, taking bits and pieces from her. That is absolutely yeah. horrific. It is. That's our government at work right there. And yeah. so anytime. And that's what the scariest part. That was our government did this. So anytime someone tells me, Oh, no, our government's incapable of doing this, that, and the other thing. No way. They've done so many horrific things. And again, these are the ones we're finding out about. Yeah. Do you know, you know that Willard Libby also, he won a Nobel Prize at one point? He won a, if you actually look him up, he won a lot of awards, a lot, for everything that he did, which is just shocking to me, you know. Especially once we know, but I mean, back then this was, it sounds bad to say this, this was normal. It's very, it's, it's very disturbing on, on many, many levels. It's, uh, yeah. 
And, and also just even the name of it, like Project Sunshine, like <laughs> it's I just think of, you know, sunshine, lollipops and yeah, it's like it's this happy. And when you first said it, I'm like, what? Why are we going to look up this happy thing? I mean, that's I mean, I like talking happy things, but that's not normally what we, we do. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this isn't happy at all. Yeah. Here's another um, quote. This is from Dr. Culp where he was explaining that there were certain channels available. He says, we have the channels in these places where we are getting everything. We have three or four other leads where we could get complete age range samples from different other geographic locations. These three are Vancouver, Houston, and New York. We could easily get them from Puerto Rico and other places. We can get virtually, get this, everyone that dies in this range. Everyone, not, not just a few. A lot of people don't want to talk about this, but one of the reasons that they chose Houston and New York, not just because of the laws, is because they were really picking on the lower class. Yeah. They went into these lower class neighborhoods and they went into impoverished neighborhoods where a lot of people didn't have the means for a funeral or for anything. So if they had a stillborn or a young child died, they're like, I can't afford a funeral. Oh, well, we'll just, we'll cremate them and it will have a service. Well, they didn't cremate them. Yeah. And not worse, like that, the poor lady that I just talked about, that we just talked about, mm-hmm. cut her, cut limbs off and sent, just send those. Yeah. So she still had something to bury, but I'm like, oh, um, yeah. Oh, I want to, I want to dress my baby because, you know, it never been christened and I, or, you know, whatever. And I want to, you know, dress the baby and, and whatever we have for him so we can say our goodbyes and, oh, no, you can't do that because, well, we cut off the legs and we don't want you to see that. Yeah. There's no baby left. Or there's, it's in pieces. We don't know. This is also Libby. He said, I don't know how to snatch bodies. In the original study on the sunshine at Rand in the summer of 1953, we hired an expensive law firm to look up the law of body snatching. The law of body snatching. Get this guy. The compendium is available to you. It is not very encouraging. It shows you how very difficult it's going to be to do legally. And this is the thing. They knew what they were doing was wrong. And they were looking for any kind of legal loopholes. Or- well, and it's one of the things I found something somewhere where it's basically, I was going to say, they basically said that it wasn't, technically body snatching wasn't illegal as long as they didn't pay for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some really weird, like, loopholes. And I'm like, that's some, that's some screwed up loopholes, people. What they were really looking for was this, or studying was this uh, strontium ninety. So it's a, some, it's a yep. chemical, obviously, that's released when the when the nuclear bomb is dropped, or it, there's a leak at the nuclear plant. Or, according to things I read, it's absorbed by plants and animals in areas of nuclear fallout and can pass along to humans through food. Once digested, it's absorbed into the bones. And the CDC tells us it can cause cancer of the bones, bone marrow, and, and the surrounding tissue. But here's the thing. Not to give away the ending, but the ending is is when, when this thing, when Project Sunshine concluded, when they had run all their tests, and, and, and I think they were getting close to being busted. It was getting too hot. They had to shut things down. The final concluding report that they put out Found nothing, very little. I mean, it was like, yeah, there's some problems here or there, but nothing too major to worry about, so everyone just uh, go about your business. Knowing that it caused cancer and all kind of problems. I mean, that's the scary part. That is the scary part. They were busy, you know, so we're going to steal your kids, we're going to steal these babies, we're going to run all these crazy tests on them, and, and find out, and they did. They found out the truth. They knew there were problems. They knew there were lots of problems. In their official report that they gave to the government, like, no, no problem here. Don't worry about it. Never a problem. It's all fine. So whenever I hear, oh, trust the CDC or trust the, quote, experts. I mean, they're having this huge problem in Canada right now. That This is the battle going on in Canada is because, between the public and the government. Because you think our government's bad. 
Canada is much worse as far as the secrecy stuff because the government runs oh, yeah. runs everything. They run the media. They run the medical profession. They run practically everything involved in daily life in Canada. And they put out propaganda all the time, all the time. They admit it. I mean, even in even in well, the middle of even in the middle of COVID, the army came out and said, "Oh yeah, we've been running psyops on the Canadian people." What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? It's only fine. You know, if you follow the timeline of a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, this is when MK Ultra was about to start. This is also when Paperclip was pretty much about to start, and this is when the government was really secretive, really hiding things. And they like to tell us now that, oh, no, everything's transparent now. Everything's out. There's really nothing that can go on. But that is not true. There's no way. Because at this time, they were telling everybody, oh, no, we're very transparent. If, if this was really going on, people would be blowing the whistle. You'd be hearing about it. And on and on and on. And we know that's just that's completely false, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, you see that a lot. With the, you know, oh, yeah, this is, this is, it's all, there's nothing going on here, you know, nothing to see here, move on. I thought this was also interesting. <laughs> In this secret meeting that they had where they were discussing all of this, and they're, this is how you fall down a rabbit hole. Because they're trying to figure out how they're going to get these cadavers, they're gonna, how to get these bodies. And I think on some level, they were trying to figure out how to justify it. They brought up that. So according to them, even artists like Michelangelo and Da Vinci trafficked in corpses and participated in dissections to better understand the human form. And so it's just all in the, it's all in the name of art and science. It's no big deal. Yeah. You know, we're we're it's just all not, it's all, you know, art and science. It's all it is. It's all science. Right. But if it is all in the up and up if it is all a okay, why then the secrecy? Why is it all? Why are we? Why did we find out about it? You know, whatever forty years later. Why were? Why were they paying off people? None of that makes sense. We told you too early. So if they told you, then you know everyone would freak out and we'll let them do it. If they tell them later. It's like you know you always say when you know it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Well, that's our government's policy. Just as a citizen. Uh, it, first of all, it makes me ashamed. It's really, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. It's a 900-page report. I tried to get through as much as I could. A lot of it's still, what do they call that, uh, redacted. You know, I got through, I, I just sort of thumbed through as much as I could. And a lot of it's just, is very medical jargon. But they did not see anything unethical about this. And the fact that, they were trying to skirt the the legalities of it tells me that they even knew it was illegal. And mm -hmm. I think the worst is, is that they didn't tell any of the parents, not even after the fact, you know, like, Oh, Hey, by the way, here's some compensation. We had to do it. It was, it was for the greater good of mankind or whatever, whatever line they wanted to spew. But they chose to do it in secrecy. And so a lot of these parents, I mean, you have kids, I have kids. I would be horrified. I would be absolutely horrified. I have, I have two aunts who had kids under one who passed away. I went to their funerals. I would be mortified to find out now, years later, that, oh, by the way, they weren't, th those kids weren't there. We actually chopped them up. And we sent them to some government lab to where they could run all kind of crazy tests on them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I lose it. I mean, it's every time I hear about that, like, whole time I'm reading this, I kept thinking that's because I had um, my, my oldest niece um, actually, you know, was stillborn. Um, actually, there's a longer story about it, but it's really sad and scary. But died at birth, basically. And that's all I keep thinking is like, you know, if this, if I find out later that, you know, that casket that we all carried and buried was really just empty because someone had stolen the, 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 the corpse for, yeah. And the, whoever oh. was running the home got paid for it. Yeah. It, it's by our government. By, 
by our government. By our government. And I think that's the part. I mean, it's all nefarious and scary as hell. But then all of a sudden it's like, but then you go back to the thought that by our government, if, our government did this. If this was, and there's no doubt about this. If this was just some ring of doctors who were doing some unethical, unethical tests, rounding up cadavers of young kids and chopping up or whatever, they would all be in jail. It would be mm -hmm. hu it would be huge news. They would they would be shamed. They would have their licenses revoked, and they would go to jail. And they would have to pay compensation to the victims. But because the government did it. It's all okay and whoopsie daisy. We got caught. Oh yeah, it happened, but it was 40 years ago and you know, at the time we didn't really know any better and they just throw all this stuff out there which is all complete bunk. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm curious because I don't think the full story's come out. This is this is just what we is out there now, what we can uncover from the redacted documents and some of the tapes that are on file. I want to know what else they were doing with this because it seems to me there were way too many bodies and way too many body parts in there and stuff that they, quote, didn't use or wasn't relevant to their study. What did they do with those? Yeah, that does bother me too. I've thought about that. I'm like, now, wait a minute. You're, you're... Knowing our government, you're like, but did they really not use them or did they just say, yeah, let's – Let's say we didn't use these because we don't want them to know what we really get. Well, and the irony is we all know how horrific the Nazis were. The Nazi died. We went through, we went on down that road. Yeah. Is this that much difference? Is this really that much different? I mean, obviously they weren't, these bodies aren't alive. And I think, you know, the Nazis obviously crossed a line way too many. It just went way, way crazy too far. But this is in the same vein. Yeah, it is because it's one of those things that it really makes you wonder if this is what they were they didn't redact. What did they redact? Because there's a lot of it. There's a lot. There's a lot of yeah. stuff in I, there I, that I you can't the, can't the read. Actual, like papers that were you know put out that are there's so much redacted, and you're like, if this is the part, they're like, it's okay if they see this, but we don't want them to see this. I'm like, now I really want to know what was so bad that this was okay for us to know about, but we couldn't know about the rest of it. Exactly, because this is shocking in itself. Yeah. And so, yeah, what was what else is there? And and again, who are we then to be pointing fingers at other people when our own government's doing this to its citizens? Such little yeah. regard for the, the sanctity of life, the, the reverence of death, the mourning of the family. These guys were cold-blooded. They could care less. These, like I said, these were all, they were like basically stamped a number. There was no name attached. They didn't care where they came from. And they picked, they targeted locations where they knew they could get away with this stuff and then expanded this empire around the world. And who knows if they hadn't, if people hadn't got too close with it, what else they were going to do with all these things. I mean, the mind really does start racing. It does, because it's one of those things you think about. It, it, and not to say sound really bad on this, but were they were the Nazis really the bad ones, or were they just the ones that were caught on what they were doing? I mean, not saying that the Nazis weren't bad. What they did was freaking horrible. But makes you wonder, what was our government doing? What was the English government doing? What were these other governments doing that they just didn't get caught? Because we wouldn't know nothing of what they, the, the Nazis did if we didn't beat them. Their own people didn't know what was going on. No. Yeah, the citizen, There's the average people in Germany that say it's fake. Yeah, the average citizen in Germany happened. had no clue what their government was doing. Yeah. And like I said, if this was a private doctor or any kind of just group of private chemists or biologists who got together and said, yeah, we, we really need to study this, go snatch us some bodies they would be in huge trouble. Yeah. I don't know. what. So what's your take? What's your bottom line take on this Project Sunshine? It's horrible. It's one of those things, and I guess we kind of mentioned it. If what they, they, they said they were doing, they were doing the testing, I mean, I guess I wouldn't have as big of a problem if it had been one of those like, hey, 
you know, we want to do this testing. Can we use your, your, your loved one's body to do this testing? Can we use parts or tissues from their body to do this testing? And people are like, cool. Yeah, go ahead. I wouldn't have as much of an issue. It's the fact that no one knew. I mean, people were finding out later that, oh, by the way, the reason you couldn't dress your baby for, for, you know, the, the funeral was because we took its legs and we didn't want you to know. No, I agree. I think I actually, I would have no problem with this. If they had gone to families and families had voluntarily given up their deceased child or donated to science. When my brother died, he was 18. He was in a car wreck. He died. He was a donor and they basically took, I know, I know for sure his eyes and I think they took his liver and maybe heart and I, who knows where they went. I don't know, but that was a voluntary thing. It was a decision he made and it was fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And we knew yeah. that we knew that in advance. If I had found out after the fact, let's say if I had gone to the funeral and my brother's lying in the, in the casket there and it's like, where, where's his foot? What happened to his hand? Where's yeah. his, where's his leg? Uh, never mind that. Don't, pay it you know don't worry about that would piss me off to no end and if i had a child who passed away and i thought i was burying my child found out later that they had just stolen parts of this child i would be furious so i would really have no problem if the government had just gone to grieving families or people who had just lost their child and said we've got this going on do you agree to this Probably most would have said no, but maybe some would have said yes. But at least it would have been on the up and up. But the fact that, yeah. the, but the fact that the government, our government, using taxpayer dollars, set up an entire network to go around, not just in the U.S., but set up this worldwide network of snatching primarily babies and under one, under one years old, to have them shipped to some crazy Frankenstein lab and who knows what happened to them and say nothing about it, have no guilt, actually knowing what you're doing is wrong because they talked about it. And and then obviously it comes out 40 years later and, and nobody's culpable because they're all gone. Yeah. And, it, and that's kind of what happens, I think, in some of these is the fact that it's 40 years later and who are we going to, who's going to be, in trouble for this nobody because they're all dead right it's not like they work for a company they worked for the government probably most of the parents most of the parents of these kids they're all gone and also again they went to these poor neighborhoods and these impoverished neighborhoods a lot of those parents have no clue they may not even know about project sunshine a lot of people don't have never heard of this in our history never yeah, and it's one of those things that it's interesting that no one's heard of it, and it's one that's like, proven. You would think that, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories, theorists would be waving this around going, look, we were right on this one. It's quite but amazing. It's kind of one of those ones that they just kind of, oh, yeah, it happened, but they still kind of swept it under the rug, like, oh, hey, yeah, this actually was real, but don't think about it. Forget about this. That is amazing to me as well. All the things we've talked about, that we do know that the government did, but, you know, we only know so much and we can, you know, speculate and theorize and, and draw up conspiracies. This is proven. Th- there's no debate about this. It's right yeah, there in black no and debate. white. It's real. Yeah, they admitted it. It happened. And there's documents to prove it. And <laughs> you're right. I don't know why more people aren't going. Are you kidding me? The government did this. Well, then that pretty much validates almost every conspiracy theorist against the government out there. Right. In a nutshell, this yeah. this project, you know, and we know about MK Ultra again, you know, a lot of it's redacted. We know about uh, Paperclip, even though a lot of it's redacted. We don't know what happened to a lot of those scientists. But this there's names, there's dates, there's quotes, there's conversations. It's unbelievable in, in my opinion. In my opinion, I find it truly frightening because I want to know now even more what the hell's going on in the government that we're not that we are not privy to right now. Yeah. So, yeah. So the next it, time just, somebody it, says it, it, to you, "Oh, our government's they're not capable. They would never." All you got to do is say, D- "Look up Project Sunshine." 
That's all you have to go. Yep, just look at Project Sunshine. This, it, and it's, like I said, the hard part, this one is confirmed. It happened. Yeah. So that's it. That's the wrap on Project Sunshine. Pretty much giving you the deep dive on it because the, there's not a lot out there outside of what we told you. This is straight off the papers. These are the quotes straight from the, the guys. But if you want to if you want to dive in more, there, there's still some more information out there. But I'm shocked by the lack of coverage from the press. I, I could hardly find any newspaper articles on it. I could find hardly find any magazine articles. I mean, it is pretty much under the rug for as yeah. for as much information that's solid out there. You're right when you said that it's almost like they're like, yep, here it is. Everybody forget it. Yeah. And that kind of just, and that's what shocked me on it was, like I said, I, I would be, when you first mentioned it, I'm like, I've never even heard of this. What is this? And then I looked at it and I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is why, why is no one screaming from the, you know, from the, the rooftop saying, look, we have been, this proves that we're not all crazy, you know, because I get arguments with people all the time, oh, conspiracy theorists. It's like, yeah, but I can show you ones that are real. If nothing else, I would think it would be referenced more. Yes. People would reference it like, we know this is going on, such as Project Sunshine, therefore we think p perhaps this is going, like, it's not even a reference point for a lot of programs I listen to or people I hear who do deep dives on you know, other conspiracy theories, it, I've never even heard it referenced, honestly. Yeah. Like I said, I never heard about it until you said it. And then I was like, and then I looked it up. And at first, because you come up with something, there's a Project Sunshine that's like something for, that, which creepy is even creepier, like something <laughs> for pediatric thing in New York. And I'm like, oh, well, that just makes it even worse once I realized what it really was. But it's almost like, and, and in that one, it's almost like, do you think that they named it that? That, that New York thing for pediatrics. Well, stuff. there's one in Canada, too. Yeah, purposely so that when people look up Project Sunshine, I had to look a little bit for I'm like, oh, this is what Big D's talk about. Because I'm like, why do I want to talk about a pediatric you know, <laughs> nonprofit in New York? This doesn't make sense. So it's almost like did, did they name those in uh, purposefully to also bury this even farther? Wouldn't surprise like, We're going to let you know about it, but then we're going to bury it. If you're going to dive on this and you, and you need to duck duck go it or whatever, just type in Project Sunshine U.S. Government. That that'll get you yeah. on the right track. Yeah, you won't have to go through pages and pages of yeah the nonprofit groups from Canada and New York. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was like, mm, but yeah. All yeah. right. Well, I'm I'm with you on the midweek podcast, and we'll be back again next week. Of course, hopefully the sound is much better we're again we're working on it and also you know do due diligence on your end change devices or re-download it or whatever together we'll get through this and so that was project that was project sunshine and have a great week brandon well, i will and you as well i'm working on it it's rough it's 70 degrees and sunny down here so we're having a tough life i wish that's why i can't wait to be there soon so <laughs> all of you out there have a great week as well and uh, this has been NWCZRadio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. I'm Big D. And I'm Brandon. And we're out of here. See you later.